The Dragon Red is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that at Christmas time, armadillos do white armadillos instead of white elephants? It's where you break into somebody's house and you steal a present, but it has to be something that no one would want. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. For more armadillo facts, to find out how you can access that episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 4 through 8 of Towers of Midnight, book 13 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, we had our standard prologue check in. Lan is riding towards his fate, but like, doesn't seem to be in any particular hurry about it or something. Uh, I'd estimate it'll take him approximately two books to reach the other end of the borderlands. <laughs> <laughs> Grendel narrowly escapes Rand's attack, but totally burns Arangar and Delana in the process. Paddenfane is just tooling around the, the Blight, killing and eating Shadowspawn, writing creepy love letters to Rand, probably. And a Kandori Tower is overrun by Trolloc Horde, pouring out of the waste. Galad gets a probably deserved ass-kicking, but manages to reunite the White Cloaks into sort of a good guy team, I guess? I don't know. Uh, and Perrin is tormented by Blacksmith Wolf Dreams as he struggles with his newfound role as Lord of a Mobile City. Uh, finally, Rand travels to meet with Egwene, and it goes better than expected. Light Rand and Omerlin Egwene, sorry, Light Rand and Omerlin Egwene are way less annoying than their shitty teenage versions from book one. I'm into it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I want to call him Rainbow Rand. Rainbow Rand. Oh, because he goes well with the Omerlin seat. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Rainbow Rand. Chapter four: The Pattern Groans, icon of the Lace of Ages. Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird name, though. I had to like double check that when I read that. The pattern groans. Groans. Yeah, like, like under the like. I imagine under the like, weight or like. It's, yeah, yeah, like, like the creaking, creaking of wood under. Yeah, it was just it was a weird word combination. I was. <laughs> 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 the pattern groans in exasperation. Right. Yeah, because of this this bullshit, the parents still won't like become a lord or whatever. God damn it! Seriously, right? Yeah, the pattern groans. So Perrin investigates a, a strange, blighted village. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's a real mystery how this showed up, but, but Perrin ain't got time for that. He's like, burn it. <laughs> He's like, fuck this, kill it with fire. And I'm like, yeah, kind of good call, right? Yep. It, was a, it was an island. It was from an island. Oh. They said it was sense. sandy, and it was built with, the huts had an all type of wood, like large reeds, oh, which course, was bamboo. Oh, and then the roofs and... were thatched from enormous leaves, which I'm assuming was like palm leaves. Yeah. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they, none of them recognized it. They're all islemen or Two Rivers folk or whatever. Yeah. So I'm glad you pointed that out because my thought was like, oh, is this one of those weird like villages that live in the blight? Like uh, we've had a couple of scenes where there's like people living in the blight doing shitty blight things like growing blight crops and stuff. I was like, <laughs> oh, is that what this is? But no, I think that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I and there are no people there. So he just burns it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he has a wolf dream that the wolves are having a really fun hunt party. But Perrin is not having it. I first. would be part of this party. I know. <laughs> like this is the, this is my whole thing about Perrin. It's like someone's like, "Oh, hey, come do this super badass thing with us." And he's like, "No, I don't want to." <laughs> God damn it, Perrin. Yeah, because he doesn't want to give in to his wolfish nature. No, I don't want to be a badass wolf man. Ew. Well, he doesn't want to be that that 
brain damage guy from you the know, cage. You know, I mean, there's probably like shades of gray in between, right? Probably. Also, that was like 10 books ago. No joke. Like, it's true. Yeah, let's get over it. Yeah, come on, man. Come on, do cool wolf things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Hopper talks him into it. And I love that uh, Hopper also gives him shit for not using his axe anymore. He's like, oh, yeah, hammers and bows are bullshit, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, oh, when, you, when he uses the hammer, he's like, why are you hitting them with your hose? And when he uses the bow, he's like, spitting. <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> yeah. We get it, Hopper. You don't like it. But yeah, I guess Hopper wants him to use his axe. Yeah. And that's because this is what, because Perrin needs to, like, get right in his head with this wolf stuff. And this is what it takes. Yeah. But then as he's uh, hanging around in his dreams, he has some visions. Yeah, wolf prophecies. I guess everyone has prophetic dreams these days. Yeah, that's cool. I wish I had prophetic dreams. Right? You well, could. You well, don't know. Maybe you just don't remember them. That's true. I never remember my dreams, so maybe maybe I have no future. Maybe oh. that's the prophecy. Shit. Oh, God. It's just a void. Yeah. Ugh. The prophecy dreams are all, all I mean, a void. Isn't that kind of what everybody's dreaming right now in 2021? Kind of. Yeah. So, Matt is... He, he, Perrin dreams that Matt is fighting doppelgangers of himself. Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure, is this like maybe his past lives or his like conflicting memories? I can't, I'm not sure what that one would be. I find Brandon Sanderson to be a fairly literal writer, so it seems likely to me that Matt is going to fight a bunch of doppelgangers of himself. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of Matt poems. <laughs> yeah. I could see that happening. Yeah, that, that's within the realm of possibilities. Yeah. I mean, Rand literally did that in like one of the books. Remember when that mirror broke and there were a bunch of like mirror Rands? Oh yeah, yeah that like Army of Darkness thing that he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and uh, he also Perrin also dreams that wolves are chasing sheep towards some kind of beast in the forest. Yeah, that's that's creepy. I, I'm trying to think. Like the beast is is very like nebulous and uh, and. Yeah, that's Mysterious. that's so vague. That's like a horoscope that could be <laughs> could translate to literally anything. Oh, there's the wolves and the sheep. I no, mean, no, that was the wolves and the it, sheep. It could just be Perrin leading the, the all these people towards the white cloaks or something. Oh, you think he's the wolves? Well, of course he's the wolves, right? <laughs> yeah. And a bunch of blacksmiths herding sheep towards the <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people who are refugees who have like sheep hats or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then Perrin sees his his friends, all the people he knows, walking towards a cliff. Yeah. yeah, it's not very informative. Mm-mm. I don't think these are prophetic dreams. These just sound like anxiety dreams to me. Yeah, he's just feeling nervous about the whole leadership thing. Yeah. Hopper basically makes this really good point for a wolf. The parents like, I don't want to lose myself, and Hopper's like, You totally lost yourself already, dude, with that that crazy hunt thing you did. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah. you're not yourself now. Uh-huh. Like, Remember that time you chopped that dude's arm off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you are is the young bull. But then, so Perrin finally goes hunting with all the wolves, and it's super awesome. Just yeah. amazingly awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Surprising yeah. no one, right? Like, it's, <laughs> right. Oh, it's actually pretty cool. It's really fun. All the wolves are super chill and nice to him. Yeah. And they're like, hey, bro. And they high-five each other with their paws. Right. Wolf, wolf <laughs> high-fives, which is like, they, they send an image of, like, the, the, the palms slapping together on a, a moonlit night with the water that's just a skim of ice on it. It's perfectly clear. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they, so he, he with the with the wolf pack of these rando wolves, uh, catches a gigantic stag. Yeah, a dream stag, I guess. A dream stag. That's right, dream stag. Yeah, and uh, he was going to kill it, because that's what you do with the wolf, but then Hopper stops him, because that would make the stag die in real life. Yeah, that was confusing oh. to me. Wait, so do stags go into the wolf dream and get hunted every night? Yeah, can you imagine? That's oh, terrible. That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Not, wait, hey, well, maybe stags like it. Maybe stags like to be. Well, this one didn't seem to like it. <laughs> he did not seem to enjoy it. Yeah. 
And uh, so this is like, if this is the wolf dream and it's awesome, the stag dream really sucks. <laughs> yeah, there's someone out there, there's like a, a, a stag version of Perrin, it's just like really miserable. It's like, oh man, I have to go to the stag dream again. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, Egwene remarked on what kind of animals were and were not in Teleran Riyadh. Was it that... Domest- did we determine it was domesticated yeah. animals? Yeah, yeah. Horses. No horses, no dogs. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So domesticated animals do not show up in Teleran Riyadh. Wild Correct. ones do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess something about the domestication process disconnects them from the, the dream. Yeah, having to associate with humans it takes away all hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, probably that's what it is. <laughs> I yeah. think we could all empathize with that. <laughs> Uh, and, but as a result Perrin, of this, Perrin decides he's finally going to figure out this whole wolf yeah. thing, right? He was like, okay, I guess I'll have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you already did give me a super cool nickname. Yep. So then Galad is riding through his camp and thinking about stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Another one of Classic. these chapters. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jahana Road is, is where his, he's riding or where they're camping or whatever. I was like, oh, that's near where Perrin is. It is, yeah. He's sending letters to all the White Cloaks working for Shan Chan, you know, trying to get him to, to come fight for the, his version of the light. And he's trying to, like, in his weird Galadi way, he's trying to figure out how the White Cloaks can avoid being hated by everybody they meet. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, well, you could start by not being shitheads. Yeah, he, he's talking about it with Bornhold, and, and, he's, and, and he's like, well, what if we just, like, what if we just, like, didn't treat them like shit all the time? And Bornhold's like, but they're shit. <laughs> but they suck. <laughs> but they're all dark friends. Yeah. Like, what if people who disagree with us aren't necessarily dark friends? He's like, I'm pretty sure they're dark friends. Do you know who he was kind of reminding me of when he was trying to use logic with, like, Bornhold and Harnish? Mm-hmm. Egwene. Oh, um, yeah. 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 It's true. He's kind of trying to, to reason them around to understanding. Yeah. And, he, and he successfully. Yeah, it's true. I just hate to say nice things about Glad. I know. Who wants to? <laughs> Again, I cannot, I cannot say whatever would have thought this, but I like Glad so much better than Gwyn right now. Absolutely. I would take Glad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then uh, Glad's White Cloak sentries pick up Basil Gill and crew. Yeah. Who were sent ahead by Perrin with their supplies. Yeah, a group of merchants, quote unquote. And he figures out that they are with Perrin and that they are coming, going ahead of a, a large army. And Bornhold and Bayer freak out because they personally hate Perrin. Yeah. Wasn't. Never mind, I was confused. Where's, where is. Morghese was not traveling with Basil Gill. No, she was in. She no, because remember, oh, they, right. she was in Malden. She, she was, was actually one of the prisoners. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, that threw me too. Because yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, so Basil Gill and, and everyone else of uh, Morghese's people was sent ahead. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Talonvor, who had kind of wandered off on his own and came back recently. Because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Talonvor is the one who interested them, introduced Perrin to the Shanchan, right? Right, yeah. Uh, but Morghese was trapped in Malden with uh, Aleandre and... Uh, Fayil. Fayil, right? Yeah, okay, right. okay. But Basil Gill recognizes Glad. Yes, he does. Well, he he would, I suppose, because not that they've never ever probably met, but Basil Gill is yeah, you know. a queen's queen's man. Exactly. That's how he introduced yeah, he himself first go around. Chapter five, writings. Icon of the four naked. So Gawain and Sleet are going on a crime scene investigation. I was happy to see Sleet again. Sleet, I Sleet, like Sleet. Sleet is, is definitely is definitely the best. Every part Every time of this. Sleet's on screen, like the books are heading in the right direction. <laughs> I always can just like minimize Gawain and maximize Sleet. <laughs> I gotta say, like Gawain's doing his little boy detective thing, and uh, given my incredibly low opinion of Gawain, I'm 
guessing that the outcome of this is going to be somewhere between nothing and he accidentally murders an Aes Sedai himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, he, he if, like... If I kill a bunch of Aes Sedai, then I'm the murderer. I can catch me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, like, he slips on a... Yeah, you know, puddle of his own slobber, and then like you know, falls on, <laughs> falls with his sword falling out or something. Oh no! Yeah, and I liked how the, how Gwyn spends some time thinking about how cool Sleet is. Because <laughs> Sleet is cool. You know, well, most warders talk like uh, walk like they're they're hunting their prey, but Sleet walks like a dark shadow creature that that gets you in the dark or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, the hunter versus the the, the, the hunting yeah. thing. I don't know, whatever. But this is, they're investigating a series of murders in the White Tower. And yeah, there have been four sisters murdered since Egwene took over. Yeah, and I actually have a bit of a theory. Let's we'll get to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, you know, I hate on Gwen, but credit where credit is due. They do some decent detectiving here, right? Yeah, they do. I mean, maybe yeah. Sleet does more than Gwen, but still. They, they, well, <laughs> but Gwen, you know, he has that... Managerial capacity to bring Sleet along. <laughs> That's a good point. He, so, he identified that asset as a useful in this he situation. He gets partial credit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, apparently somebody forced the lock and then stabbed this Aes Sedai. And there are no, there's no evidence of uh, of a portal being created, of traveling happening, because there's none of those little slices in the floor. Yeah. Walls. And the official story is that Black Ajas are doing it, but Gwyn doesn't buy that. Yeah. And Gwyn has this run-in with Chubane. Because Chubain thinks Gawain wants his job? Yeah. And Gawain has to be like, no, 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 I just want to bone the Omerlin scene. <laughs> and Chubain's like, oh, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, yeah. Much better. Yeah, I mean, Gawain's doing all right, but he does spoil it by interspersing it with thoughts of how he's really going to kill Rand with his sword or something. Yeah. He's like, I don't, know. I don't know. I would qualify this as, as growth for Gawain because he used empathy to understand why Chubain was upset with him and then like had a conversation with him. He didn't kill anybody. He yeah. didn't do anything notably stupid. That's true. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I would say that th- th- this is the best Gawain gets, at least so far, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, maybe this is actually like, like Gawain and Sleet, crime scene investigators, is actually like a good home for Gawain, right? It, yeah, it seems like he's doing all right, you know, as long as Sleet's there to tone him down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He, you know what it really is, is Sleet's like this really awesome guy that Gawain looks up to and he doesn't want to look like a moron in front of Sleet. So he's like, <laughs> he's like dialing himself back to like an eight instead of an 11, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then Gawain goes to see Egwene uh, and they discuss forcing all the Aes Sedai to ward her up. Which, which is, yeah. I mean, I, that's actually a really good idea. I, I think Gawain's actually on, on, on track here. Now, I agree with Gawain. You can't just be like, you have to go. You know, like, it's not... I mean, why not, right? Because it's like, we, we talked about this. Like, the, the bond is like a very, like, intimate sort of thing. You can't just, like, force someone to do that, right? But they're, they're sworn to, you know, defend the light and all that jazz. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that I think that most of them would probably choose to do it anyway, you know, if, like, you position it the right way. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what Gawain kind of says. Yeah. Because she, she doesn't want to force him to do it. But that was actually another mark in Gawain's favor. That was a good idea. No, you're right. You're right. I don't know. I did wonder about that because it almost felt like, is he just trying to get more of pe- his dudes in there, you know? Oh. oh if one yeah. more cynical. <laughs> if one were cynical. Yeah, it is possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, all these younglings are still loyal to Gawain at some mm-hmm. level. That's what I was wondering about. Because, like, how... Because we don't know enough about, like, the warder relationship to know. Like, are they required to do exactly what the I say? Or do they have power any sort of power in that relationship at all so mm. that's a good question i mean it so so we have a a lot of different like examples here and in most cases the warders seem to follow the Aes Sedai pretty loyally right and, which makes me wonder if 
in normal circumstances, there's some sort of oath that's sworn. It's like a binding oath. Yeah. Because it's certainly not the case when Elaine bonded uh, Brigitte at all, right? Brigitte's yeah. like, fuck you, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And we don't even know what it's like when they have an Ashaman as a warder. That's a good point. But I would assume yeah. that those Aes Sedai who did it that way would have followed the, the tower process, whatever that is, you know? Because mm-hmm. mostly the Ashamans seem pretty obedient to their uh, bonded Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think even if the warders have to obey, like just having a group of allies that know where the Aes Sedai are at all times yeah. is pretty useful. Yeah. If you're Gawain and you're trying to just sort of insert yourself into this situation. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if he's being that devious. I don't think he is. I don't think he's that smart. My mind. But no, yeah. I mean, like, that, that would be a, a really clever way to handle it. I just wouldn't attribute Gawain with that level right. of mm-hmm. uh, intelligence. And then they, they discuss their feelings for each other. Gawain still feels that Gawain doesn't respect her as Omerlin's seat. And no. she's, and she's <laughs> right, right? Like, she's dead like, right, yeah. yeah. But He's I'm, like, you're still talking like one of them. She's like, I'm literally the leader of them. <laughs> in, in Gawain's defense, I would not want to call my lover mother either. Right? <laughs> Which you have to do at work. I don't know that the warder of the Omerlin has to call her mother so much as just like defer to her in public, right? I thought everybody did. Yeah, it's like a ceremonial thing. There might be, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Gwen's into that, right? He really loves his mom. Yeah. He does, it's true. Felt like Rand killed my mom, so you're going to be my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Uh, And then Egwene actually clues him in that it's Masana doing the assassinations. I'm not sure I buy that. I mean, like, I I, I understand... like Masana's style. Yeah, I I totally understand why Egwene thinks that, because, like, she knows that Masana's there, we know Masana's there, but I think it would be way more likely that Masana would be, like, influencing someone else to do it than doing it herself. Or sending gray men, because I still think that was a pretty good uh, idea on Egwene's part. So, yeah, I'm not sure Egwene's right about this, but I, you know, I, I don't know that she's wrong either. Right. But then Egwene says that because of that, she needs Gawain to stop guarding her door <laughs> at night because Egwene, founding member of NDA, <laughs> so is going to use herself as bait to catch Masana. <laughs> I, I, wrote, I had the exact same thing. I was like, this is totally an NDA thing, right? Classic. <laughs> I'm going to trap. I'm going to set a trap. And what she really means is I'm going to get trapped. <laughs> and she's like, hey, besides, if Masana does come at me, she's more of an administrator. I can take her in a fight. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what did you think about Egwene's offhand thought about how the mint tea isn't spoiling as much as it did before? She's a... She's a Tavarin. Uh, she's a Tavarin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so. I thought maybe it was just because Rand was there. I thought, like, maybe uh, Rand is like an eraser. Maybe. Like, going oh. over the world, erasing the evil. That would make sense, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Egwene as Tavarin makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, then the, their meeting is over. Their, their lust is unconsummated. They, they still, you know, they want to bone each other, but they just can't. Yeah, well, you know, I think I... I maintain that I don't know why why Egwene's still hot for Gawain because he's like he must be really really hot. Like he's he's he is hot, right? But he's not as hot as Galad. Everyone says, right? That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not. It, that's the only explanation I can think of. Is he's just like really hot. So then we cut to. Oh wait, sorry. So he's also we also get that Egwene is writing letters to uh, Rand's vassals, trying to undermine him. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Which I was like, oh no. God yeah. damn it. Of course, fucking Aes Sedai shit. This is why you don't trust them, Rand. I know, right? Like, like she's writing a letter to Darlin in Tyr, I believe. Yeah, the new king of Tyr saying, yeah. hey, you know what Rand's about to get up to? And, yeah. You know, it's going to be a problem. Break them seals. Her plan to stop him would depend on her gathering support from people he trusted. God damn it. Yeah. Wow. Now that's Cat Swain shit. <sighs> yeah. We'll see how that goes. 
Yep. So then Grendel, who is hiding in a cave. Her secret cave base, which, I mean, I have played a bunch of Minecraft. I totally get what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, she's called onto the carpet by Moradin for, you know, that whole giant balefire killing <laughs> one of the Forsaken things. Right. And she, she has an amazing defense. I love it. <laughs> I am meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like... Is she really going for Oh, she's going for it. I was like, no, there's no way they're going to... Oh, they bought just, it. Okay. Just imagine how bad he's going to feel after kicking my ass so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And, and like, I, I, I mean, she's not wrong, right? If we think back, it was not necessarily exactly that event, but that series of events that led to him almost unmaking reality. So. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that <laughs> it was definitely pushed him towards the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but the, yeah, I, not necessarily intentional. But it kind of works. I like the like the machinery working in Moradin's head. Like, this is the stupidest excuse I've ever heard. So it has to be true. Right? <laughs> Why would anybody say something like that? <laughs> and then, like, he's like checks with the dark. Like he he like rolls back into his head and is like checks with the dark one. He's like, all right, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, he buys it. So. Yeah. Dark one says, "Don't punish you for now." <laughs> right. And he, uh, but he gives her a dream spike, which some kind of evil magic talisman to do with dreams and he gives her the man with two souls who's got to be like Luke and Slayer right? yeah yeah I don't think we know for sure but that's clearly who it is yeah. and, and he tells her to go kill Perrin yeah or, or mean, she offers to go kill Perrin yeah to it, change the subject yeah she, she's like hey how about I go after Perrin he's like she's like how are you going to do it she tells him this like plan he's like that's a stupid plan <laughs> let me give you this like magic dream nuke or whatever yeah uh, I don't know yeah I, I I guess she's going to go after him in his wolf dreams, but, you know, Hopper's going to be there to have his back. I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah, that's not how you go after Perrin. You, go, you want to kill the blacksmith, not the wolf. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, the, and he also shows her some evil prophecies yeah. <laughs> written on human skin uh, that, that show that Perrin will die. Well, it says... We don't, we don't see the words. Yeah, that, that, I think they say something like, Perrin will die by our, by our hand. And he's like, but I don't, you know, that could mean anything, really. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be like... The blacksmith and the pretty forsaken will meet, and death will follow. And she's like, "Oh yeah, that means I'm going to get him." <laughs> exactly. uh, the classic Elijah mistake. Yeah. yeah. Chapter six: Questioning intentions, icon of a blacksmith puzzle. So Morgase is a Morgase chapter is serving at a Perrin council, and yeah. Morgase is really helpful at recapping who these people are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, haven't, we haven't had many. Uh, Chapters from her perspective, but this is very, this is very nice. Yeah, and she's also. I, I was thinking, is this the first perspective we've gotten from a servant in the books at all? Well, that's a good question. Let me think about that. From, uh, from someone who's not upper class. I mean, we've gotten perspectives from like Egwene serving the wise ones, but somebody who oh, right, yeah. is like a servant, no. Yeah, because the so. book has lots of them, you know, always doing stuff like filling tea, which is a bunch of this chapter is consumed by. Mm-hmm. So you mean, you're, are you talking specifically about servants? Because so, I think we've had perspectives from, you know, main characters who got turned into servants by the Shanchen, maybe. Yeah. And that's always like kind of to give evidence of how bad the Shanchen are and how shitty their lives have turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely have. It's interesting, though, because everybody, all we talk about here are like, chosen prophecy people or lords and ladies we never really see what the small folk think of all this stuff mm-hmm. yeah i mean we have we we did have the that bit from the uh, the apple farmer that's right we had him yeah yeah but you're, you're right mostly uh, not yeah and even more is not really a servant she's no. just sort of doing this 
<laughs> yeah, she's like that super rich person who runs the bar or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't need the money. They just could do it for fun. Yeah. And Morgan is getting really, really good at serving. Uh, and she's like pretty happy with how good she is at keeping people's tea filled in the way that they like. <laughs> it's a little bit sad. Yeah. But Parent is sending everybody away because he's just a simple blacksmith. <laughs> I know. People shouldn't be following him. Yeah, she, she's actually... Uh, it's funny because, you know, we take for granted that parents like doing this thing, but Morghese is like, he really needs to stop building armies and putting up the, the flag <laughs> of the Netherin and these wolf banners. He's not supposed to do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, this, this uh, you know, yes, it's sort of a little bit of a rebellion, right? Yeah. And he orders the wolf banners burned. And then everybody kind of argues with them because they want Perrin to be their leader. Uh, but Perrin kind of, after all this discussion, her, his plan is to send scouts to Kyrian to find Rand. And see if it's all right to bring back all these people. He's trying to disband his army, which is oh, this is so this is so irritating. Like this is uh, this is my least favorite parent right now because because like clearly this is a Tavarin thing where he's supposed to be leading this army to Iran. Like it's it's obvious to Fail. She's like, huh? It's weird that all these people keep joining up with your army and then turning into an army. You know? Yeah, right. Maybe this is what you're supposed to do. They but, all show no. up and they just happen to know how to use swords and bows and stuff. Yeah. No, I'm going to burn my flag, and that way they can't write under my banner. Rah, 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 yeah. He should ask Hopper what to do here. <laughs> right? Hopper's, Hopper's... Hopper'd be like, keep that army, bro. Yeah. Hopper's advice is on point. And then after the meeting, Perrin tries to order Morghese and Talonvor to be married. That was weird. That was real weird. He just had a whole meeting about how he doesn't want to be a lord, and, and, he, and he just wants to be a blacksmith, and he's like, and also, I'm going to order these people to change their lives. Yeah. And yeah. Morghese is like, get fucked. Yeah, right? Good. Good, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, there is and one thing. Just like, that's what I wrote down. It's like, he orders them to be married, just like blacksmiths do. You know? <laughs> right, I know, yeah. right? He has blacksmith things. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad that Morghese uh, told him, you know, go fuck yourself. I'm trying to remember. Somebody did tell him to do this, though, right? Was it... Was it... it was Linny. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was Fayel or Linny, because I know Fayel was like talking about how they keep making eyes at each other, but... Yeah, and, and Linny, needs, Linny realizes that these two people need to just, like... Screw it, Bang out, it out. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, so they, they probably would be good, but Morghese is like, "You are no true lord. You you should you should be only the crown of Andor can do things like that." But I'm just a mate. Yeah. <laughs> also, ask your wife next time you think about doing something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I this okay. This is a bad idea, but like when it comes to bad ideas, Fail is the champion. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's, that's not good advice. That's true. Uh, there was this really funny moment. You mentioned the whole like Kyrian scouts thing uh, th- during that conversation. Uh, is it Balwer is like, oh yeah, I need to go to uh, Kyrian to get some secretary things, like I don't know, paper and shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, why don't? Why would you need to do that? And Fayel's like, no, just let him go buy the paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to go to Kyrian to do that? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess secretaries do that. Yeah, that's a secretary thing, I guess. I don't know. And uh, I, I feel bad for Talonvor because you know this is what he wants. Uh, yeah, in I mean, this, like in this shitty situation, and it, it, this is. What more gays wants too, but you know, it's it's more the principle of the thing. Yeah, absolutely. But then they get some news. There's some white cloaks on the road. Dun dun dun. Chapter seven, lighter than a feather. I can have the heron mark blade. So Lan and Bulin are traveling. They're almost to Candor. I know this is, <laughs> and I, I, Lan I, is I, like I, stewing. I know. I, I'm I'm astounded at this point they haven't that he's managed to hold it off this long, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like like they're talking about Bulin's like Hey, maybe we could uh, go down there. He's like, no, that's a well-traveled road. I'm done. <laughs> no, it's like staying away from everybody. Yeah, it's like going by a secret name, which it's, is it, not, 
I mean, it's actually, was it Andra? It's, it's the same name he always uses. So yeah, it's like... And it's, Master Andra? It's like part of his name. It's like the middle of his name. Yeah, and, and so like three more guys are like just waiting for him on the road and they join up with him, but not really. He's yeah. like, you're not joining me. And they're like, we're not joining you. We're just riding this way. <laughs> He's like, stop following me. He's like, we're in front of you. We can't be following you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so no, there's five. Yeah, and so like, yeah, this is... This is pretty cool, actually. I know. I, I kind of love it. It's, it's funny. I mean, I, I have mixed feelings because it's funny. Like, this scene is really funny. But also, this is the first Lan perspective we've ever gotten. And it makes Lan kind of clownish. Oh. Is this right? really the like, first Lan? He's kind of sarcastic. Yeah, that's true. Isn't he a little clownish, though, this whole time? Like, his ideas about honor and dying and stuff have been not realistic. It's true. When we talk about that stuff, we usually... Uh, talk about it in a comedic yes. tone of voice. Yeah, I mean, like, he probably doesn't know he's the butt of the joke, but I mean... <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I wonder, has he always been, like, sarcastic in his own head? When they, these guys join him, he thinks, wonderful. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he's just been rolling his eyes the whole time? Fucking Moraine. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Go to the two rivers of Terran fairy folk. That's what's happening behind his craggy, like, expressionless face, you know? <laughs> yeah. Look, Moraine and Nynaeve, those two, like, they were focused. Like, that was following behind a steam train. Like, it's gonna go where it's gonna go. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, but this scene is really fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then we get Galad, who's getting a report from Bayer about Perrin. And the evil of the two rivers folk. Yeah, they're all dark friends down there. And that's, it's real weird how they can get that takeaway. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember. Okay, so maybe y'all can help me with this. So this, I, this, this period of time he's talking about is when Padden Fane was with the White Cloaks, right? Because didn't Padden Fane yes. have his, like, his group of like really shady, sketchy, extra, extra shitty White Cloaks? Yes, this was. Yeah, Padden Fane was with the White Cloaks at that point. But he, who, was he, who was he manipulating at that point? Bornhold. Okay, so Dane that was, Bornhold. Okay, so that who's now traveling with Galad, but yeah. is not a dark friend, but is super hates Perrin. But uh, yeah, but he's a drunk. Yeah, yeah, right? and he's he's a drunk because of the the corrupting influence of Pat and Fane. That's right. It, uh, made, it made him bad. So not not a dark friend, not not knowingly bad, but like yeah, has, has yeah. succumbed to his 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 baser instincts because of Pat and Fane's exactly. Influence. Yeah, and and and, and Bjar was there too, right? Like with them. Yeah. Because okay. he hangs out with Bornhold because he liked Bornhold's dad. That's right. Okay. Who got killed at Fall. Right. Who got killed by like Arthur Hawkwing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, Bornhold ba- blames Perrin for the death of his dad. But that's like based on... That's just like because he knows Perrin was there at Fall when his dad died. Okay, cool. So that there's like nothing there. Mm-hmm. But White Cloaks suck. Yeah, right. <laughs> and all, there's all this stuff in the two rivers. There were Trollocs there. And I don't know how they... He thinks that Perrin was... Leading the Trollocs there for to, some reason to and, to, and, to scare the the two rivers folks into forming an army, which he's now leading is I think the oh, idea. Oh, okay. And they and the White Clothes just didn't stick around for the battle where Parent killed all the Trollocs. Yeah, they weren't there for that because he he drove them off. Right. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, they're just because White Clothes suck. Wait, did he drive them off or did they just fuck off because they didn't want to be there? I, th- I think I, I think they just fucked off. I like, thought it was like like he well he told them like you can't you can't do any dark friendship to anybody here mm-hmm. or we'll kill you. And that pissed them off, and then they fucked off. Okay. Okay. Like they, they, it was like the day of the battle or something. They just like got up and left. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they were they were like, well, we we won't defend you then or something like that. He's like, all right, you lost, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Don't sorry. let the door hit your white cloak on the way out. 
But then uh, we cut to Perrin, who's having a big old breakfast of meat. <laughs> Just a big chunk of ham for breakfast. It's <laughs> so much ham. I, gotta, I, I gotta, eat ham for breakfast sometimes. Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't think it was that weird. And I got to tell you, reading this like made me hungry for ham. I was like, <laughs> I wish I had a big chunk of ham right now. Yeah, but everybody comments on it. Like, what, you're going you're gonna to eat that? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to eat this. <laughs> <laughs> it's breakfast. Yeah, it's breakfast like, ham. I like ham. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess... And I, I mean, I think it's because it's he's... It's because he's wolfy now, right? He's connected right. with his wolfishness. I hope that his wolfishness uh, also gives him all the vitamins that he needs. Because if you just eat meat, you get like scurvy or something. He said right? just for breakfast. He wants it first thing in the morning, you know? But yep. yeah. Well, I don't know. Wolves there's no scurvy. fiber, right? Wolves, wolves have very short digestive systems. They don't maybe, need a lot of fiber. Maybe he's going to have a wolf digestive system too. I might, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got questions about that. He's got to eat his fibers, right? Eat your, your like, Galad. I actually like this. This chapter, because it's like inter- cuts between Galad and Perrin having breakfast and getting a report about each other. So it's like this cool compare and contrast, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But Galad is eating like oatmeal with raisins in it. So yeah. that guy's regular. <laughs> That's right. His BMs are like on. And yeah. boring. <laughs> this is the breakfast of the light. <laughs> but then, so yeah, so Bayer blames Perrin for the Trollocs. I mean, like, he, he's giving this this catalog of parents history and i i mean it's slanted but it's not entirely false either right yeah you know parent shows up and bad things happen to white clothes that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean at the time i think we all agreed that you know fuck the white cloaks so maybe Indeed. you know yeah maybe they had it coming but yeah of course they're like the typical white cloak they they take everything at the worst possible interpretation yeah so they have a beef with parent for sure yeah and uh, I, there was one, did you, did you catch the hint there for that time that Matt kicked Galad's ass? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like was... farmers with, 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 uh, with, long, was it Some stays? are skilled with the staff or the bow. Yeah. yeah Galad's but... like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But, and Gaul is reporting to Perrin that the White Cloaks are there and they have Basil Gill and whatnot. And they both basically seem to be heading for a fight, but they're going to have a meeting first to talk it out. Yeah, at least they're going to have a parlay, which I'm guessing this is probably going to be like Morgay's reveals herself kind of thing, but who knows? Yeah, she ought to be there, right? She's the servant. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah, she's been angling to be around for all of the important meetings because she wants to hear news or whatever. And I hope so, because so much stuff has been like hinging on people thinking Morgay's is dead and blaming various people for it. Mm-hmm. When all she could do is just go home. Yeah, I, I right, and and in this in her perspective chapter, she thinks about how she's never gonna go home. Yeah, right. I'm never going to, to shortcut those plot lines <laughs> <laughs> because she that people would think that Elaine is her puppet or something. But who cares? Yeah. No, I'm on her side. Like if yeah. there's if Elaine is queen, Elaine needs to decisively be queen. I mean, that's already the case, right? You can. I mean. I feel like you could do that by showing up and then retiring to yeah. the country estate or whatever. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like the who was the? I guess it's probably not a good analogy, but the the queen mother lived for a really but long time. But she wasn't. She was never the ruler. She yeah. Was, yeah. That's not a good analogy. But it could be that kind of thing where it's like, yes, everyone knows she's alive and she's just not running shit anymore. Yeah, but think. Okay, but if like Elizabeth II stepped down, but she was still around, do you yeah. think Charles would actually be ruling? Uh, no, that, no, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It depends. It depends on if she stepped like truly out of public eye, where it was like she was never around. If, yeah. if she's like in the background all the time, you'd be like, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. If she like shows up and is like, I'm, you know, I'm alive, but I'm not going to hang out in Camelin at the palace, then I guess that'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if she marries like Talonvor and is like, I'm going to go bone this young young thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, okay, she's boning that young thing. She's busy. Yeah. Also, check out my tea pouring skills. Oh, uh, true. Yeah. 
Lots of tea parties. She should at least let her kids know that she's alive. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, I I don't know why she didn't immediately send a messenger to Camelin being like, yo, I abdicated. I'm not around. I'm alive, you know? Yeah. Why not? But whatever. So I, I, I actually kind of have hopes for this meeting between Perrin and Galad being productive. Yeah. Because, like, new Galad seems to be... Reasonable? Very reasonable. I agree. My thought is, does he have to kill Bornhold and BR to make it happen? Because I think oh, yeah. I think Bornhold is like... Uh, Bornhold has thought Perrin killed his dad for like years. And BR is like clearly pretty like bash insane, right? Yeah. Like he's got the... Every time every time Glad sees him, he, he says something about like how he's got that 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 like burning zealotry in his <laughs> eyes or something like that. It's like that's, that's like the, uh, the fucking... Oh, oh, the uh, Masima. Masima. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's Masima shit right there. <laughs> it's true. So, chapter eight, the seven striped lass. Oh, I, I'm, I'm very annoyed that we immediately cut to another character after this like big build up. <laughs> Stupid cliffhangers. Yeah. Uh, so Matt is pondering Viren's letter while uh, pounding brews at a tavern in Camelin. Yeah, uh, while chatting with a woman with an ample bosom. Although Matt doesn't notice things like that anymore because he's a married man. <laughs> right. Yeah, just, but who knows? Maybe his buddy would like it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Talmanis. Maybe for, for, maybe yeah, for Talmanis. Those, those are good boobs for Talmanis. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe Tom would like boobs like that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or Bannon. <laughs> he calls out Bannon at one point. It's like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> oh, Matt. Yeah. He asked this woman who would be awesome for a kiss and a cuddle about this letter that he's got, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, she kind of threatens to read it and they, they play around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they flirt a little bit, basically. But Matt doesn't flirt anymore because he's a married man. That's mm-hmm. right. I wonder if this is that kind of marriage, honestly. I've always thought, you know, Sean Chen are weird. It could be like... Oh, yeah. I think Tuan is, has... I don't remember for sure, but I think Tuan is, has much as said, like, you're allowed to do whatever you want. I'm still the, you know, the person, but fuck whoever, you know? Yeah. She said something like that, I think. Yeah, that's, what, that's the vibe I got. Like, you know, they're it's sort of like a political thing. They're not really... Yeah, have they even consummated their marriage? I don't think so. Not no. at all, right? Yeah, because... Well, no, they said I'm married three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then she immediately left. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think I think not. Right. They, they've not done more than kissed. Yeah. But uh, but Matt takes it very seriously because Matt is at heart a good Two Rivers lad. And Matt is laying low and trying to resist reading that letter I for am, 30 days. I am <laughs> astounded that he has lasted this long because it's been like... It's been like a, a day. Yeah, it's been like maybe 24, 48 hours. I would have thought like... Immediately, as soon as Baron left, he's like, oh, I'm curious what's, what's in here. Yeah, because if, if he waits 30 days, then he doesn't have to read the letter and do whatever's in it. But if he reads the letter, he promised he would. Yeah. And then, so he heads to another dive, um, and then he overhears that there's evidence that the Golom is in Camelin. Yeah, that some, some random person that he's dicing with is like, oh, yeah, this guy had his throat torn out, and now his, dr- his blood got drank. And that's like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, What? Tell me all about that. No reason. <laughs> And uh, the dice start rolling in his head. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. that's going to be one of those things. So then he collects Tom, and uh, they're worried that they can't leave. They can't leave Camelin without reading the letter, and the golem's there, and the golem might tear their throats out and drink all their blood. Yeah, and Tom's like, just open the letter. He's like, dumb man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they also apparently sent word to Elaine, and she's not responding. Which yeah. I'm kind of surprised actually. Like not 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 that she's not busy. She's busy, right? She's... But, She's an a-hole. That's yeah. my read. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably right. She's probably like, fuck that guy, even though he saved my life twice. Right, yeah. It's like, I, I don't want to deal with that guy. I mean, okay, so on Elaine's side, right, Matt's problem, right? Matt, Matt shows up in a room. He's difficult to deal with. You know, maybe you're just like, screw him. 
He's entertaining though, right? Like, you know, he's, he's it, enough, if nothing else, he's like a laugh to have around. <laughs> yes, that's true. But then Teslin, oh, sorry. Um, the reason he's trying to contact Elaine is because he wants her foundries, the foundries of Camelon, to make dragons, mm-hmm. to crush all the Trollocs with mechanized warfare. Right, which, I mean, I, I kind of feel like that'd be an easy sell too, because even if the answer isn't, you know, we're using this for the, the, uh, the final battle or whatever, Elaine will see immediately that this technology will make Andor the the, the primary primary military power of the world, right? Maybe, yeah. I you think Elaine will get it because she herself is a battle wizard, right? She may That's not see point. the advantage of like. In fact, it might. It actually probably is bad for the magic users to give that kind of power to people who are not magic users. But she's also an inventor. That's true. Yeah, she the, the gadgetry of it would definitely appeal to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like she would get the advantages here, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Then uh, Teslin surprises Matt by thanking him, apparently genuinely, yeah. for rescuing her. I, I, I said I'd say thank you now? Is that a thing? Yeah, what? No. Yeah, there's something... Her brain must have cracked or something under all the stress. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's probably because she had that whole, like... She was a... Uh, because she was... One, she was under Shan Chan control for a long time, right? Like, for at least yeah. a, a while. Uh, for her, it was just, like, months or so. Okay. So I, I remember... I thought it remembered she was in an earlier scene when they were like, oh, this is my, you know, my slave Tessie or whatever or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was her, but, like, I think she's... She thinks she's okay. Yeah. But, well, uh, so but she said thank nice. you. Yeah, she said thank you, and if you ever get to the White Tower, uh, you've got, you know, I owe you a favor. Which is... Amazing. Amazing. I, this is well, the nicest thing that Ace today has ever done. <laughs> in, 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 uh, to be honest, though, like the odds of Matt ever going to the White Tower intentionally, though, right? Yeah. Zero. <laughs> Pretty null. Yeah. If you ever find yourself in a sack being dragged to the White Tower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> then uh, Matt heads into his tent. Blood. There's blood there. Oh, that was an annoying place to end. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Yeah, we got two cliffhangers in this set of chapters. Yeah, boom, boom. Yeah. Well, you know, I know I'll be excited to read the next set, that's for sure. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 9 through 15 of Towers of Midnight. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bennett Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And if you ask us a question, we may answer it on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your hard-earned dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.